0: Everybody, this is Texas Tim for this edition of Holy Commutes. It's January tenth, twenty twenty three. Starting off this new year, Holy Commutes is the only daily podcast related to all things wiffle ball. And I've been really thinking a lot about uh, wiffle ball this past few days. I uh, we had our our first tournament of the year this past. Saturday, and I think I will do some recap of that on my next episode. Um, and if you want to know who won, you can look at the uh, Texas Wiffleball Facebook page. I posted all the results there. You can take a look at it there. And then I've been thinking about the future of Wiffleball, not only here in Cedar Park, but Texas as well. You know, I, I was listening to uh, chatter from you know team out of Houston and and several of the teams um in our area uh, a little bit and you know wishing maybe there were some tournaments in other places there's there's just nobody really in Texas doing much of that and that's unfortunate and it's really has been over the years i think a result of the result is a stumping of the growth of The game of wiffle ball throughout the state of Texas, just because, you know, there's been very few people to pick up the torch in other uh, cities around Texas. You know, Texas has some of the largest cities in the country, um, Houston, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth area, and San Antonio. And even El Paso, I think, is is up there, but that's way out west Texas. And I, I really think if there were some people in those areas that would pick up the torch and and do some tournaments, and I'm I'm hoping that there will be uh, soon. Um, I think there'll be a lot more teams in Texas. However, that's not what really the subject here is about. I uh, three months ago. United Wiffle, uh, twenty twenty two, um, happened, and um, I handle all the brackets and stuff and tournament flow on those two days, and I have done so since you have started, and also did that in for fast plastic, and I have the last two years done that for the Golden Stick open that being said um i took some it was hearsay criticism from uh, one or two players um at uif this year um which you know i don't get a whole lot of but it wasn't really about running the tournament as much as about i guess my behavior and the behavior was uh so, I know that someone fussed about my behavior uh, when TC35 was doing well, and and I shouldn't do that as a tournament director. Well, you know I'm I'm not going to apologize for my actions. Hear me out. I have been doing this a long time. I have been doing this. Longer than many of you have even been playing wiffle ball, running tournaments, and I have been running and handling game day business for the national tournaments longer than some of you have even been playing wiffle ball, many of you. And so over the years, Texas teams have been really just tournament fodder. Just like Alabama playing Tennessee Tech, just going to roll them. They're just on the schedule as a filler. They pick up a stat patter, an automatic win. you know, as a as someone that loves the game like myself, someone that has been around the game as long as I have, which there are very, very few people involved in the game longer than me that's associated with this highly competitive game and so back in the fast plastic years there were teams that every year there were some texas teams in it some of them because we were looking for an extra team just to fill in but some of them because we they went through the qualifying process at the time for fast plastic and won our region um, represented Texas as the the representative or two or three in some cases and um, went into the tournament and they were at the time, the best we had here in Texas and not that they were horrible players, but they were the best we had. And, but they went and, most of, the, I mean, every time got crushed. Maybe pulling out an occasional win when they get matched up against one of the weaker teams. That you know, we have that at UF where there's some couple couple of low level teams that don't have enough pitching or run out of pitching or not, and they just get rolled. Well, these there weren't many of those either back in the fast plastic days and. Texas teams were sort of one of those teams that nobody feared and nobody, they threw their third or fourth pitcher just to get through it and didn't have to burn anybody. Well, TC 35 was one of those teams. They were teenagers um, in the last years of the fast plastic era before they rebounded a few years ago. So again, they haven't, haven't done very well. So it was hard for me to get behind, and and you know none of the teams were really not that level. So Fast Plastic rebooted back when we had it up in Frisco and the Dallas area, and none of the teams from down here went up there. There were a couple of Dallas or the Texas teams up there, Will Marshall and um a few of those guys. Um, and that's where Cooper. Ruckle burst onto the scene up there, uh, who's an amazing, amazing pitcher from Texas, and he surprised a couple of teams, and still didn't, you know, not a lot of waves went. and the, and there weren't as many teams in the fast plastic 2.0, if you want to call it, uh, didn't there? Again, some of the top teams from the country, a lot of most of them were there, but nothing like what's happening with you know a wiffle. Uh, at this time, so United Wiffle starts up in 2020, and one team goes. That's the Whiskey Ducks from down here, um, along with I think Cooper Ruckle playing on a team. Whiskey Ducks get rolled 0 and 3, and and at the time, uh, they weren't were not one of the better teams from our region. They definitely are now. They have won. Uh, several times in 20 2022 down here in the tournament that so we have in a couple in south texas and they're they're definitely one of the best competitive teams in our region um tournament in tournament out but at the time they were they were a new team and and didn't know what to expect really at that level so 2021 comes around and you know, we send four teams uh, from Texas, full full Texas teams. Uh, that was the TC 35 Whiskey Ducks, a little combination of Whiskey Duck players and TC 35 players. Punishment can't touch this, and SETX. Well, I got pretty excited only because every one of those teams won a game. Wow. Holy moly, four Texas teams go, and all four of them win a game? And Punishment won two games. Everybody else won one game. But still, like, wow, they all won a game. And I was over the moon excited that they all went and won. It was really cool. It was the first time that's ever happened. And not that they any of them went very far, because they didn't. You know, they they end up losing a combined 13 games uh, between all four of those teams. But combined, they won five. But nonetheless, I was super, super excited. Well, last year, we didn't send four teams. TC-35 and Punishment went right off the bat. The TC-35 starts doing well in their pool, which no one, no one outside of that team expected that, not even me. They have an addition of, uh, you know, not only do they have, I'm hoping that as the drop 100 continues to drop, that I see at least two more Texas players on there. I'm hoping to see Chase Oliver and Luke Richter on that list as as they unfold. Chase Oliver added Luke Richter to TC35, and... It's been an amazing team to watch down here and develop. But they went up there and and had a full squad. And Punishment went up there. And their normal team does not include Drew Dobbins. And they they add Drew Dobbins to their UF roster two years in a row. Drew Dobbins typically plays with the runs. Uh, Also another awesome pitcher. Well, as the day continues. punishment is three and two at the time that they face the canes although it was on a field that wasn't right there underneath me i kept my eyes on the game and the canes are pitching texas phenom cooper rubble so we have two texas kids pitching in that game and they are in an epic pitching battle Drew Dobbins and Cooper Ruckle and go to extra innings. And I'm keeping an eye on it as best I can from where I at the, the field they're on. I can't remember the number. I think it's three, which is a uh, short right field. Well, I don't know how many extra innings they went, but the Canes end up winning that game. And, you know, the Canes went on to, to also make a, a run at the final four and um, behind you know, Cooper's amazing pitching and the punishment was there. They went three and three on the tournament. They had a successful tournament. They, again, they gave the Canes all they wanted and they had a really good tournament. Um, And two of those players are in the drop 100 already that we've seen, which is Drew and Jackson Richardson and a really good team. They they're super competitive and super great guys. Well, the storyline unfolding at the same time is TC35, which is rolling, winning their pool. Nobody expected it. Make it into the playoffs, make it into Sunday, the furthest a team has ever gone from Texas, ever. They're playing on field one, right underneath me where I sit. Their second game against C4. And I love the guys from C4. You know, they're. If, if if sometimes I, I, I have secretly hoped they would do well because those guys have been good to me and I have utmost respect and had many conversations with a lot of those guys that are on C4, Sean, Steffi and Packer and, you know, Sean and I, it's not uncommon for Sean and I to talk on the phone for A while just talking whiffs and talking, talking just things. I consider Sean a good friend of mine. And it was another really good game. Well, TC35 beats C4 for the second time, a a legendary team, C4. I mean, we're not talking about a team that's been middle of the road or anything like that. We're talking about C freaking four national champions, multiple national champions some of the legends of the game on that team deservingly so was it a luck game anything like that they earned it 110 percent earned that win i let out a exuberant sound as they win to advance where they were in that game enough to where you could hear it across um field one for sure and I think I had possibly rubbed ex- someone the wrong way that was on C4 that's the and it wasn't meant to against C4 at all at all like I said some of my favorite guys in the game on that team and but I was excited for The guys from here, TC35, one of those players I've known since he was 11 years old, and he's in his 30s now. I've known him that long, and I've known other guys on that team for a while. It is TC35 is the most historic team, most accoladed team in Texas history, just here. Not nationally, and some of you have heard of that TC 35 for years just because they've been here for years. But the first time a Texas team has done what they did, gone that far, they finished four and one on the tournament. So it was, yes, I was excited for them, it wasn't rooting against anyone, it was. Excited that they won. I'm sorry if any of you feel offended or were offended. or You can't expect me not to want a Texas team to win. Even as a tournament director, I am neutral. I do not play favorites when it comes to if I have to rule or pick or anything like that. I am as honest of a director that you will ever, ever meet. And you have, most of you know that. All of you that have know that have big dealings with me. But I do, every announcer even has, even a a TV announcer has their favorite teams they grew up with and support. Yes, they don't always show it in their persona, but I'm telling you, I was excited. I don't apologize for it at all because that's how I felt and I was super excited. So for the Texas teams to go to win seven, the two teams that went to win seven games over the weekend, go seven and four of, yes, I was excited for the guys here, the guys that play here in Cedar Park, that play here in Texas, it was how I felt. Uh, it didn't affect the way that I ran the tournament or whatever, I'm not apologizing. I'm just explaining to you my feelings and how I felt at the time. You know, I hope that anybody that was upset that we we're, were still good. That's it. I wanted to explain myself about um, that. I haven't I've talked to a few people about it um, since then. Uh, including um, people on that team. And, and then they play, TC The comes back and plays again, one of my favorite people, the Phenoms. Some of also, Jordan Robles knows how I feel about him. One of my top five players in the entire game of WIFs, Josh Pagano, on that team. And um. And toast is on that team. All three of those I consider friends. And I wasn't rooting against them. No, I forgot Connor's on that team. I wasn't rooting against them, I was rooting for my guys to beat them. They didn't. They it was it was still a really good game. It didn't, it was really a really good game. Connor made two defensive plays that were amazing, amazing to help. The Phenoms defeat TC35 uh, and deserved to win that game. Jordan was locked in, one of the most locked in I've ever seen him. He was not going to be denied. He, He threw great. And, again, Connor made two defensive plays that were game changers early on in that game with runners on base. Phenomenal. But again, I wasn't rooting against them. I was rooting for, for my guys, TC 35 and, and, Tos and i had actually talked about it before the game. And he goes, you know, you, I get it. I get it. I know you're rooting for your guys, but we're going to, we're going to beat them. I said, okay, let's go, let's go. And they did deservingly. So, so um, again, just wanted to get that out there and talk a little bit about that. So uh um, don't want to take any more time. I just wanted to uh, visit a little bit about that and explain myself about uh, if, if you heard anything about that at, at UF. But I'm looking forward to it again. i super excited uh, to see how this unfolds um, uh, this year in 2023. So thank you all that have listened this long. Uh, and uh, this is Texas Tim for this edition of holy commutes on january 10th 2023 i'm out